Hi everyone, hope you had a great holidays and are excited for the upcoming new year. I'm Tony Chen and this is Fish and Bits, a business and dated podcast on the world of seafood. Today, we're back with another new episode and to kick the year off, we're going to start off by reviewing a report from DNV that believes that in order to meet the seafood demands of the future, the world will eventually need to triple our marine aquaculture production by the year 2050. Looking into the future, there's no doubt that the world's going to need more seafood, but how much exactly are we going to need and where is that going to come from? In this podcast, I'll walk you through some of DNV's most recent report numbers on their seafood forecast that projects that the world will need 20% more marine seafood to meet the demands of the global population in 2050. I'll review their insights and use recently reported seafood export numbers from Chile and Norway to discuss what the future may hold. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode, so let's dive in. Every few years, it seems like there's a new report that comes out talking about how much more food we're going to need to produce based on numbers for how many more people will be on this earth in the future. When we are looking at timelines that far out, it's typically really difficult to get these forecasts correct. Throughout history, there are so many examples of new innovations that completely change the course of history. But that's not to say that the data compiled in this manner doesn't matter. Conversely, I think they provide some great context to help understand how other companies may be thinking about the problem and to take a look at the macro patterns that are happening around the world. And that's where I think DNV's numbers help to provide some context and assumptions behind how the seafood market may develop in the future. In the context of this specific report, DNV is a unique company because they work with a variety of ocean businesses. Started in the mid-1800s, the company was originally an inspector of Norwegian merchant ships and today supports a number of industries as an accredited registrar. Because of this background, I'd say the company has a good grasp on the patterns that occur between international trade and the factors that drive change between countries. In the report, they estimate that in aggregate, the world will need 20% more seafood than what is produced today. And that will come from aquaculture doubling in volume, and specifically, marine fish aquaculture to triple in volume. In their analysis, what we see is a projection based on two major factors, the future demand for the consumption of seafood and an individual country's ability to support that growth. To calculate the demand for seafood, many of the assumptions that went into the report were influenced by a paper published by Professor Naylor out of Stanford University that researched how economic, demographic, and geographic facts impacted preferences for seafood. That particular research looked at, for example, how GDP per capita impacts consumer behaviors in eating seafood and what species they chose to eat. While the paper didn't find that people eat more seafood as they earn more money, they did see shifts in the types of specific species that consumers chose, which makes sense. Seafood and fish are a huge category, and it's a source of protein for the poorest people in the world, just like how it's a chosen as some of the most exclusive and nutritious options at the other end of the spectrum. Using these assumptions, and in combination with knowledge about each country's current resources, there are extrapolations that can be made to say something about what the future of seafood looks like in those particular areas of the world. 
In today's economy, country leaders need to make decisions that utilize the advantages of their regions to maximize their economies. And this is what I find very interesting to dive into. For some industries like mining, you obviously need to have the resources available in your particular country. For seafood and aquaculture specifically, you need to have some of those similar resources like coastlines. But much of the challenge of growing seafood is much more of a political question. Many places in the world have the opportunity to expand their aquaculture production, but it's a geopolitical question of whether they will or not. And that's where DNV's system dynamics model provides me with some insights. Their model takes into account the seafood demand of the country, but on the supply side, they incorporate whether a country can support that demand by looking at a combination of many different factors, such as the ability to employ people in ocean industries, the spatial competition from other offshore industries like wind, oil, and gas. And they also take into account the economics of operational costs of running these farms, fisheries, and other shipping businesses. All in all, what I see is a holistic view into not just whether a country wants seafood, but how likely they are to be able to produce it themselves. They're also clear that this model is a most likely forecast for the future. Since there are disruptive technologies such as cell-based and plant-based seafood alternatives that may impact market numbers in the future, taking those out and using patterns from the last 30 years as a guideline, their research concluded that when you account for every country's projected population growth, income per household, and dietary shifts that can happen, the world will need to increase our seafood production by 20%. And given that industries like wild capture seafood are not projected to increase, that growth will need to come from aquaculture. Let me run through a few of the regions and specific conclusions that the report got to. For North America, they expect that it will become the leading aquaculture importer of the world. Many of us that live in the United States and have seen the aquaculture industry here understand the challenges from a regulatory side. That uncertainty and the high barrier of entry for the industry will continue to keep a large deficit between the growing demand for seafood and the inability to produce it domestically. For Latin America, the projection at current patterns is that it will become the leading aquaculture exporter for most of the world. Given abundant fish stocks that can be used for fish feed and a minor change projected for their domestic seafood demand, the region is primed for continued growth of producing fish if they are able to manage risks like disease and pressures on wild stocks. The next region the report mentions is Europe, which is summarized as being the first movers of technology specifically for high-value species. DNV foresees that while Europe is not immune to regulatory challenges, there is still a path to growth given the challenges of high labor costs in the region. They point to technology as the key here, where the region is already testing advanced offshore farms and land-based production systems that are more viable for high-margin species. The original report is projecting numbers and figures all the way to 2050, but even now there are patterns from companies that are already operating that showcase their preparation for the development of many of these conclusions. It takes no more than a quick look at some of the countries where seafood is a major part of their GDP. For example, Norway is one. Earlier this month, the Norwegian Seafood Council released numbers behind their seafood industry. The total export value of Norwegian seafood crossed 172 billion NOC, or just shy of $17 billion, 
and this represents an increase of 14% compared to the previous year. This is also the highest number that it's ever been. Now, a lot of this growth in sales is related to the weak Norwegian kroner of this last year, as the total volume of seafood was actually down 5%. Even still, 2023 will count in the books as the most successful year ever for Norwegian seafood, and farmed salmon is the main reason why. While the volume of salmon only makes up 40% of total exports, by sales volume, the aquaculture industry in Norway actually makes up 71% of total sales, or roughly $12 billion. Even with these absurd numbers, over this last year, the challenges of the salmon industry has been frequently in the news. And even this podcast, I've frequently reported and analyzed those challenges. But at the end of the day, salmon is without a doubt the driving force behind the GDP of one of the largest seafood countries in the world. Now, the story repeats itself in some of the other large aquaculture markets. Chile's salmon market regained their position as the country's second largest export in 2023, following copper mining. They exported roughly $6.5 billion worth of salmon and far outpaced other industries in their country like forestry, wine, and their quickly growing lithium exports. I've mentioned in previous episodes that the country has faced some challenges with its continued growth, but even with these bumps in the road, we're still seeing the industry doing really well and continuing to sell salmon. And within both of these markets are proof points that the trends that we're seeing from DNV's 2050 report as we look into the future. In the past, Europe and Asia were the primary market for Norwegian seafood products. But over the last few years, I've seen more and more cases of senior executives applying more resources to look at North America as countries like the United States continues to grow their seafood deficit. On the case of places like Latin America, what we've seen is an increasing number of supplier companies establishing footprints in the area. Biomar, Scredding, and Cargill have all begun establishing feed mills in countries like Ecuador to meet the expected demand of the growing industry. And for the case of Europe, DNV's projection of being the place where technology-driven farms also makes sense. If you look at the recent development of investments in small facilities, innovations at salmon farms, or the development of recirculating aquaculture systems, it's very easy to see that the most technology-advanced farms anywhere in the world are in Europe. So where does all this information leave us? What's the path forward? Well, to me, reading a report like this shows me some of the trends that we inherently feel working in the industry, such as how the world will just need to have more seafood. I think it's always good to back up and take a look outside of the specific industries that we work in and take a look around at some of the other patterns that are happening around the world. After all, as the world's most traded commodity, seafood weaves together countries and people from many different places. The path to 2050, I doubt will be a smooth one. But I, for one, am excited to see what's in store for the industry in 2024 as we build towards that future. And that's all for today. I hope you've learned something new. If you enjoyed listening to this seafood breakdown and want to follow us, I release episodes weekly along with some interviews sprinkled in throughout the year. Hope you have a great week.